you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Go here. Full cast of characters. We don't have Harmon's sister on the podcast today. Nope. Alas. Uh, we do have a representative from West Virginia, though. Matt Harmon is here. Well, to, to be fair, I think the conclusion that we drew from uh, from her appearance on the podcast was that we, we can't be sure. Uh, apparently. <laughs> Although, let me just say... The conclusion is that until we, we there see, is no conclusion. Until we see the birth certificate and tax audits and things like that. Well, I mean... And the emails. Oh, my gosh. I we, mean... We need the... The emails. It's the Harmon birth... I'm a Harmon birther, dude. My my birth certificate is in our apartment, you, you jerk. <laughs> I, can I, show, I can show it to you when we get home. Uh, but uh, yeah. just a funny note on, on Emily's appearance on the podcast. You know, she was walking... As soon as she got here to L.A., she said to us on uh, on Wednesday night, I'm trying to get discovered. What do you think the odds are I'll get discovered walking down the street here? And Galhar's response was, oh, that's so cute. You're so from out of town. Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> but the best part is that so one of her friends texted her, hey, I listen to your brother's podcast all the time. Way to make the be- way to make your ten minutes of fame all about West Virginia and a freaking table. No wonder agents are not knocking on your door. <laughs> wow, jeez! <laughs> I was like, well, that was kind of a good point, Em. You could have said oh, anything else. Oh my goodness, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I'm, I'm playing hurt today. Are you uh, a little, little bit, sick? A little, little bit stuffy. Little the sniffles. A little bit snuff, sniffly. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm questionable. Okay. I'm always questionable. You're a game actually. time decision. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna battle through though. All right, fair enough. I like it. Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gelhar, what's up? It's feeling old today, but uh, other than that, oh, it's bro, it's your hap- it's your birthday. This is true. Prove it's it. Birthday. Yeah, let's see your birth certificate. Uh, the franchise, the Magical Beard of Fantasy, is in the building. What's up? I'm also playing Hurt today emotionally because I got smashed in fantasy on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, franchise it was, was complaining a, all Sunday. It was a moral he loss. Was on, he was on tilt from the opening kickoff. Wait, hold on now. Is, Having, this, is this in the writers, producers? This, this is in my league of record okay, good. that I've been in for several years. Okay. That's very competitive. And, and, and what, I'm, you're I, battling for a playoff spot? It's pretty heated right now. Oh, is I it? could miss the playoffs on the Ooh. points for tiebreaker. But having two uh, Houston Texans on your team don't that hurts. doesn't help okay. on Sundays Ugh. with the stress levels. Uh, we got a big time show in front of us here today. We will talk about Pac-12 quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> oh, believe yeah. it or not, <laughs> we'll also put some teams on tank alert. Uh, and only, the reason I bring this up is because when teams are out of it. I get a lot of concerns as to whether or not their stars will play. We'll talk about what that means moving forward. Uh, we'll be talking about the Jags. We'll be talking about the Cardinals. We will be talking about the Niners and the Panthers as well. Of course, we'll give you your top scores. We'll give you your biggest fantasy disappointments. And we will hit that waiver wire hard, baby. And, of course, close out the show with Daily Dap. But we open the show, as always, with your top headlines. 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we'll start in New England. Gronkowski. Rob Gronk Gronkowski. Back injury. Left the game. Zero points. It hurt. He's missed three games already. He's quote-unquote played in two others where he was extremely limited. I think that first game back, actually, he was more of a decoy. I don't even know if he saw any. Uh, I think he had one he target. Had maybe One target, maybe. It was way over his head. It was in the red zone, though. <laughs> it was in the end zone. It was way over his head. But uh, in those two games, he was extremely limited or did not finish. So now we're talking about five games where he gave you zero. Uh, in the five other games where he was actually fully healthy, he put up three 100-plus-yard games and three touchdowns. So when he's healthy, he's a beast. But I'll ask you guys this. It's clear he's not healthy. Uh, I, I know we're going to wait on injury news later in the week, but how worried should you be? We'll start with you, MG. Well, I think you are worried. I think you're worried about the accumulation of of injuries. And I know you you know you talked about the, the tank alert, not that the – not that the Patriots are tanking or anything, but they're they're the anti-tanking. They're the anti-tanking, but you do wonder if he's banged up, if he's nicked up, and with the the Pats getting closer to pretty much locking up everything of importance in the AFC. Oh, the Raiders got a little something to say. About that's true. The Raiders, the Raiders will keep. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the whole point. Maybe we need to cheer for the Raiders to keep winning, so the Patriots have to keep playing hard. So oh man, that's a, all their guys. That is a backdoor fantasy move right there. You're cheering right? for the Raiders <laughs> so that Gronk plays. <laughs> so playing, right? God, this is we're, we're in that we're in the silly part of the <laughs> yeah, fantasy dude. season now. Like when we start coming up with theories I like, like that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is some concern. I mean, obviously he's been banged up and. And they know they need him for a, po- a postseason run, so you do wonder how much they're going to just kind of slowly bring him along to make sure he's ready for when they really need him. Well, and the thing that concerns me about the injury, although I, I was more concerned last night, reports seem better today about his injury. They don't feel it's serious, but it is the back, which has plagued him dating back to his days at college. Oh, that's true. He had back yeah. surgery yeah. back at that was his. Know. That was his medical red flag coming out about of that. college, what kind of went, sunk him to round two. But it, reports seem that it's not serious, that he's he's got on track to potentially play, so that's good news. I mean, if they sit him out a week, maybe that's for the best, but I mean, and this is kind of a tease towards waiver wire. Even if even if Gronk does go away, they've had they have a lot of pass catchers there who are stepping up. Harmon's favorite, Malcolm Mitchell. Oh my gosh, Chris two Hogan, weeks in a row. He's been healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, Danny Amendola is on the team, and then Jul- <laughs> Julian Edelman is <laughs> getting a lot of reception. So, okay, that is a fact. All right, I want you to save that Malcolm Mitchell heat uh, for the waiver wire. We'll get to that in a bit. Andrew Luck returned to practice. He's expected back in Week 13 versus the Jets. By the way, he plays on Monday Night Football, so he's got a lot of time. Uh, to c- clear that concussion protocol, Derek Carr reportedly dislocated his right pinky finger, missed one series. Oh, he, he did. It was gross. Did oh, you not dis- see it? No, it was disgusting. They replayed yeah. it like a uh, million it was, times. It was pretty gruesome. I was oh, I was, was on the couch and there was a discussion going on, and the two people on side of me on NFL Now, and I was watching the game and I saw him pull his hand out and it saw his pinky pointing yep. down, and I was like, ugh. Yeah, it was it was, it was really awkward. Uh, I was more worried that he might have broken something. Yeah, th- thankfully we dodged a bullet there. So dislocated. That's why I'm saying reportedly dislocated right pinky finger. He came back with a glove on. Uh, did throw a pick oh, wait, in that series he came back but dislocated it in two places this according to uh, how did it not break if a you source, dislocate in a two source close to Derek Carr namely David Carr <laughs> okay says uh, apparently it's dislocated <laughs> in two places I, uh, those two don't seem like they're all that can't close. I don't know if we can <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not like Aaron Rodgers and his brothers. I mean, it's <laughs> uh, from then on, though, after the pick, he, he played pretty well. I, I'm not too worried about him. Bills in week 13. I think he should be fine. Uh, Devontae Parker hurt his back in his matchup. Uh, he left the game, did not return. The old line has been decimated as well. Matt Harmon, I'll ask you about Jay Ajayi. Any concerns there? Uh, not just the old line. I mean, obviously having the old line just being as banged up as they are. But also, I mean, you lose one of your top outside receivers as well. It really does allow the defense to kind of sneak safeties into the box, make it really difficult uh, to run. Concerns about Jay Ajayi? I mean, I don't know if I'm that concerned. I mean, we well, we knew he wasn't going to rattle off 200-yard performances left and right like he did to start. You still got a pretty good fantasy day out of him, even though he only averaged 2.5 yards per carry because he scored the touchdown. He got 18 rush attempts in total. I don't think that they're going to change off that identity. Uh, I would still say that he's a clear-cut running back one the rest of the way. I, I would say that Ajayi benefits the receivers more than the receivers benefit Ajayi. Anyone else disagree with that? Three offensive linemen gone 
Uh, it, starting O lineman gone off. Brandon the Albert line. sounds like he will be he will be ready next week though. From what I was seeing on Twitter dot com, I'm I'm concerned because this was against the 49ers, who are the worst rush defense in the league, and he averaged he only had uh, 45 rushing yards on 18 attempts. Like you said, he got in the end zone, so fantasy owners aren't going to care because he got the touchdown. Um, but but 2.5 yards per carry is his lowest of the season. It's a big red flag. And coming up the next two games, they face Baltimore and the Cardinals, which are the top two of the top run defenses in the league. So oh, if ugly. if if two one or two of those offensive linemen starting guys can't get back there, then I think you got to lower expectations for Ajay in the next couple games. To be, to be fair though, I mean I know the Niners are bad against the run, but they did this to David Johnson too, where they limited him to only, I believe, two point four yards or two point eight nine yards per carry. And you know they they've shown that when they dedicate all their resources to stopping the run, they can actually stop the run. Of course, it they just give means, up the pass. Yeah, then they're just going to get beat to beat to hell in the back end. <laughs> so I mean, I would say that we've seen them do this to a top end running back before when they sell out to do it, and they did certainly do that last week. Yeah. Wiz, any long term concerns regarding Jai? Nah, I think I think everybody kind of hit it. We just got to wait and see, especially with this offensive line. Because you said Brandon Albert I think was coming close to coming back, and I think Tunsil almost played this week. Too. Yeah, so yeah, he was close. They could ha- they could have two of those three guys back, and that'd be a huge boost. John Brown in Arizona tweaked a hammy, left, did not return. I'm not exactly sure the severity uh, of the hamstring injury. We'll wait for later in the week to see if he's good to go or not. I don't even know if it matters. Uh, Patrick Peterson said oh. his knee hurts like hell. Uh, he's going to try to play through it. They got Washington next week. Oh, by the way, this is called a tease. We're going to have more on the Cardinals in just a bit. All right, let's talk about the back 12 quarterbacks that played on Sunday. Jared Goff, does he mean anything for the, the Rams players moving forward? Look, he had three touchdowns against the Saints in the first half, and i got to be honest with you, I, I was impressed by what I saw on the field from Jared Goff. Does it mean anything for those skill position guys? I love that this is an entire section in the podcast. Well, you, it's James' West, West, Coast, yeah. West Coast bias coming out a little bit. But I hey, mean, hey, 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 uh, hey, 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 I'm not going to knock Exactly. I'm whoa, not going to knock whoa. it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. It was a fun way to add a new segment that actually ties a lot of these guys together. It doesn't. Uh-huh. As as for golf and the Rams, I think the one thing that's concerning is this week was uh, was fun to see him. I mean, he, that first pass to Tavon had a beautiful touch on it. He, exactly. he did some other good things. However, my concern is that he completely fell off a cliff in the second half. He and did. I'm wondering if that's the case where he was on those fifth, first 15 highly scripted plays executed those to perfection, and then afterwards when it's like, all right, let's make adjustments, let's read what the defense is doing, fell off there. So I'm not going to elevate anybody a ton off of this. I would feel maybe a little better starting Kenny Britt than I did with Keenum, but not not a lot. Yeah, but you know what? He showed that he was functional. And, and he's got a big arm. And so. that's important because in in his first start, he was completely non-functional. He was 0 for, I believe, 0 for 5 on passes that traveled farther than 10, 10 yards, yards in the air yep. uh, in his in his first start, and he was 4 for 9 for 80 yards and two touchdowns on those passes. So, I mean, he just showed, like, hey, I, I'm not going to completely tank this. Right. This, I is think- all, this is all well and good, and this is all cute. They're playing the Patriots next week. Oh, Patriots defense hasn't been great, though. That's true, but Bill Belichick eats rookie quarterbacks for breakfast. It's true. Um, true. What I would like to see is I think (laughs) this coming week would be a good litmus test, too, because week one, you know, first start in the rain, just awful, awful situations all around. Second start in the perfect controlled climate of the Dome, like got everything going right away. Now he's going to be in New England, potential weather, who knows, whatever. Let's let's see what he does that week, and then we can adjust expectations going forward. Can I at least say this? Is he a potential streamer in Week 14 against the Falcons? Potentially. Sure. sure. Could get spicy. Sure. All right. It wouldn't surprise we'll us. We'll leave it up in the air. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you feel better about Chicago's offense since Matt Barkley didn't look like he was completely, as Matt uh, Harmon said, uh, what did you say? In, unfunctional or dysfunctional? dysfunctional? Or he just was he was not he was functional. he was <laughs> he was the opposite of not functional, which is functional. He's functional. Uh, Matt Barkley was actually throwing the ball around pretty well. He was not helped by his receivers at all. I think they counted nine drop passes. I saw ten unofficially on Twitter. I don't know oh, if nine was the official count, but not right. good. I also think he attempted over fifty passes. Fifty-four. 50. Twenty-eight for fifty-four. Uh, do you feel better crazy. about the Chicago offense? Jordan Howard there, Cameron Meredith, and I don't even know who their tight ends are. They were a bunch catching passes. Daniel Brown. Dan Brown. Dan Brown, Dan Brown baby. Oh, my God. Uh I'll just jump in. I don't feel that much better. This game seemed more like an anomaly and just one where everything was inflated by volume. I mean, he still only had 5.85 yards per attempt. He threw two interceptions in the red zone. 
Uh, his one like was you said, terrible. One too. was terrible. So his his guys didn't help him out. But I mean, at least for the near future, if he's going to throw this type of volume, like Marcus Wilson saw eleven targets, Cam Meredith saw nine. Like those guys will have some relevancy in positive matchups, or you know ones where the oh, you mean are, in week thirteen well, when they're at home against the 49ers? against the Forty Nine ers this week? So you know this could bad. be this could be another it. week where I'm not starting him. No, no, I'm not. Look, look, no you're... one's starting Jared Goff. Nobody's starting Matt Barkley. I get that part, but uh, you know Matt Harmon has done a, a great job of explaining how. Look, you want to tie yourself to fantasy assets that are are, are tied to at least functional quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And I think the big concern uh, in Chicago and in L.A. was that, look, Jared Goff's not ready. Matt Barkley sucks. Uh, the the offense, I want no pieces of it. And as a matter of fact, I remember our last podcast, we were talking about Chicago. Nobody wanted a piece yeah. of any Chicago asset. And, and yet, I think going into week 13 versus the 49ers, I think we're softening our stance a little bit on that. No, I, I'm with you in the fact that I think that this was good enough to to say that yeah, we could like we could see an NFL level offense, like a 32nd level NFL offense, but an NFL offense nonetheless being played in Chicago with Matt Barkley there. I do think this says more about uh, the Titans' defense, which I don't think gets enough flack for being like a, a bottom five unit, especially pass defense. They released Parrish Cox this morning too, Ooh. so I mean they're they're a team that I think we can target with impunity going forward, uh, but. Also, like we talk about this, ne- and we'll obviously preview the game on Friday because we preview every damn game on yeah. Friday. Uh, but this Chicago San Francisco game is really interesting because they're both bad offenses, both bad defenses. Right. Th- those games usually either end six to three or fifty six to forty three. <laughs> you know, I was going to say the same thing. This has the feeling of one of those games that is like a forty, yeah, like exactly like a forty five, forty two. There's touchdowns all over the place. That'd be great. Players we've never heard of are catching touchdowns. Ooh. I mean that's how that that's how this game against Tennessee was. I mean Deontay Thompson. I mean Marcus Wilson was completely off the radar, but he is he's a talented player that just got off the pup. Yep. Interesting. All right, same game. Marcus Mariota continues to impress. Two sixty-two through the air, two touchdowns, forty-six rush yards. Unfortunately, he's on a stupid week thirteen bye. Yeah. Ugh. So we'll skip over him for now. Uh, Brock Osweiler still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> 246 uh, through the air. Three interceptions, man. Vultured a nice one-yard touchdown <laughs> around there oh, from that, Lamar Miller. That was the put, worst. Put me on full tilt. Oh, oh my God. Well, that's that was he's, the worst. That's because he's 6'10 this week, I right. think, apparently. <laughs> I, he's seven, actually seven, seven feet. He will literally be eight feet tall by the time he retires. I like it. Uh, Which, because he's a tall white quarterback, will be 50 years from now. That's true. They last forever. Uh, his time, uh, there were a lot of questions as to whether, coming into the week, whether or not he would be retaining the starting job there in Houston, and those voices got a whole hell of a lot louder uh, after this game. But, again, uh, Bill O'Brien says he's going to stick with uh, good old Brock. Romo. Oh, Tony, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. so spicy. That would be so spicy. Staying in Texas. Billick just smiled when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's real happy. We've got the Billick cam up. For <laughs> Billick cam is so up and running. He's so been on great. point today, too. Oh, dude. No snacks, but no snacks. good facial expressions. Uh, and also, the, 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 the image that he's looking into stares straight into the camera that we're looking in. Yeah. It looks like he's judging us. With hard eyes. He's taking notes on what we're saying. Which oh, he is. he is. Okay. Uh, we'll go- <laughs> I just grabbed his eyes like, oh, my God. <laughs> These guys are idiots. Uh, in Arizona, Carson Palmer showing signs of life or no? 289 through the air, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, I ask because in week 13, he's got a great matchup against Washington at home. Uh, Carson Palmer showing signs of life or not? I, uh, dude, they're, they're leading receivers where they're running back, which, you know, we all know David Johnson's a great pass catcher, but it was their running back and Jermaine Curse. I mean, Jermaine, Jermaine, Gresham. Jermaine Gresham. Gresham. Sorry, I mixed ten, up, I mixed ten. up my mediocre Jermaine. He had 10, ten targets. targets. He has not seen that many targets what? since week, I believe it was December 22nd, 2014 with the Bengals the last time oh he saw God. double digit targets. Every time I looked up, Jermaine Gresham was catching a ball. I know. Which just speaks to the, the complete talk about. Not functional, the dysfunctional nature of the pass-catching group outside of Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. I mean, Michael Floyd came into this game banged up. John Brown, poor guy, can't catch a break. I mean, he was he had the concussion in the offseason, which slowed him in the start of the year. Then he got the sickle cell thing early yeah. or midseason. Then he comes into this game. Bruce Arians is as healthy as he's been all year. Hurts his hamstring. See ya. So... I felt like this was kind of a no-win situation for Carson Palmer this week, is that you were going against a team with a bad secondary that scores a lot of points. So you were going to be forced to throw the football. So yeah. if he put up a good fantasy number, it was like, well, you were supposed to. Yeah. If he didn't put up a good fantasy number, it's like, well, now everything's falling apart. Yeah. So 
I don't know that I have any greater level of confidence this week against a Washington team that really hasn't been bad defensively. Like, I don't know that I'm just suddenly all back on board with Carson that's, Palmer. That's what I was going to say is I don't I don't like the matchup this week against Washington, actually. They've, no? got, a, they've got a good pass rush. Carson Palmer can't move in the pocket. They've His offensive got, line is all banged they've up. They've also got Josh Norman and Bashad Breeland both playing pretty well. So True. if Norman deci- if they decide Norman, shadow Larry Fitzgerald, and let's make those other Jamokes beat us. Which I, I doubt they would because Fitzgerald wouldn't. plays in the yeah, slot. Yeah, Fitzgerald plays in the slot a lot, so that's that's doubtful. But like. Like, still, I mean, so it's it's just it's not a great matchup for them on paper. I would, I'm would i still way off of Carson Palmer. Oh, boy. Jared Goff, Cal, Barkley, USC, Marcus Mariota, Oregon, Osweiler, Arizona State, Carson Palmer, USC. So there you All go. All right. Uh, tank alert. I'll bring up some teams that are clearly just they're out of it, man. And, and I've got some concerns uh, for the rest of the year. We'll start with the Jaguars, 2-9. and Allen Robinson, man. 24 yards for him. Four targets, two yeah. receptions. Uh, concerns there, especially again. I'm just, I'll just bring it up. Look, man, like these guys are not. It's not a video game. They're human beings. I mean, at some point, when you're two and nine, you're not going anywhere. What are you playing for? Yeah, and uh, Allen Robinson faces Denver, Minnesota, and Houston the next three weeks. So oh my. those are three of the toughest teams against wide receivers. So. Oh my. It's a rough end-of-the-year schedule. Yeah. I would say the one thing that might be different for a team like Jacksonville okay. is I think we know that this team's going to get blown up. Like, the coaching staff will probably go. I think the general manager should probably go. What's Gus Bradley's record? Like, one in 100? I don't know. I'll, it's bad. It's, a, uh, uh, it's not a lot to a lot the, uh, <laughs> in the terms S- of the wins <laughs> and losses. The SB Nation affiliate Big Cat Country will frequently, yeah. after the, the Jags lose, tweet out just in a tweet, Bradley's win loss record. I think they're L- almost running out of characters. They are. It's like L L L L L L. There's only like four or five wins. Unbelievable. Think, so because of that, I mean, I don't know if players on that team can afford to like quit because they're a young team that needs to show like who is going to be our core players when this next coaching staff comes over. Well, Allen Robinson's not going anywhere though, right? Oh no, I mean, yeah, but you still want to put out good momentum for the next coaching staff. I would true. regime to see when they watch the film of their players. Any long? I mean, can you play this guy, Allen Robinson, moving forward? No. Not I mean, against Denver, Minnesota, no. and Houston. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, it's just always tough to bench somebody that you know is almost always going to be locked into a good amount of volume. I mean, this was an outlier game in terms of four targets. So, I mean, you get you just you know you accept if you're going to bench him that it could hurt you. Yeah, except I mean this, and maybe this shouldn't have been the example, but it feels like this is the year where I started looking at targets versus. Quality targets. And I don't know if there's a, an accurate way to measure that sort of thing, but we talked about it with DeAndre Hopkins, and I think it applies to Allen Robinson, that, yeah, sure, their quarterbacks are throwing them the football, but how often are they throwing them the football where yeah. we've talked about it on Sundays, how they have to lay out for a ball, or they've got to really make some sort of acrobatic contortionist catch. Yeah, it's a target. It's not a target that you can reasonably expect that they're going to do anything with. Right. All right. The sadness... In Matt Harmon's face and voice. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, the Browns are 0 and forever. Uh, I've got some long-term <laughs> concerns for TPS and Corey Coleman. Anyone yeah. share those concerns? Uh, I mean, why, though? Like, no way, they've been, man. They've been playing this They've been playing within this situation all year. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Terrell Pryor's been sick all year. Yeah. It's true. And Corey Coleman is – I mean, when he's been healthy, especially this – I mean, this past week he caught a touchdown. Caught touchdown, yeah. Seven targets. I think he's locked in for like seven targets, and Terrell Pryor is locked in for about ten. And, you know, I mean, again, talking about quality targets versus targets, but the opportunity is still there. So, I mean, these guys have been playing in this situation all year. The Bengals, three, seven, and one. Pretty much out of just, I don't want to circle back just real quick, yes. though, about the Browns, too. Just, again, talking about motivation. Like, that team – needs and wants to win. They want you could, to win. You could hear it in Hugh Jackson in the, <laughs> true. In the press conference. Like he almost he was, cried. He was legit, probably had been crying and was going to cry again. I mean, you don't want to be an 0-16 no, team. No, you do not. So, I mean, those guys definitely – I mean, Terrell Pryor, you know, God bless him, has been, like, classy about this whole thing too. Like, Oh, my God. He was getting torched on Twitter from that DB. Janoris, Janoris Jenkins. He oh, was just quote-tweeting, you know, like, you played a good game, buddy, after Janoris is like, you ain't – you know what? Oh, I know. Oh, it was crazy. crazy. And the crazy thing was, Terrell Pryor had a good game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Six catches. I'm not really sure what Janoris Jenkins was talking about. I don't know either. <laughs> well, I don't know either. You can look at Janoris's history and question whether he has made a lot of – Questionable decisions. He's come. He's come at the wrong people a few times in the past. Yeah, that's wasn't, true. Wasn't he the the notch on the bedpost? He was a notch. Steve he Smith? was the notch on the bedpost. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
Oh boy. Uh, Bengals. I don't know if they're mathematically eliminated. I would imagine they are. Three seven and one. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some long-term concerns regarding AJ Green. He's got that uh, uh, significant strain of his hamstring. I don't know if he. I don't think he's rushing back. No. I don't think he's rushing back. Uh, I'll ask you guys this: Do you cut bait and, and try to prepare for the playoffs, knowing that AJ Green probably not going to help you uh, until maybe even the season's end? Uh I don't know that I cut bait until the Bengals officially say he's done for the year. But if you have A.J. Green, hopefully you were making contingency plans the moment you found out he was hurt mm. so that that way you at least have something. And chances are, you know, you may have to just stream the position for the last couple of weeks, at least at the flex spot to get you through. But it, it's A.J. Green. So until I know for sure that he's done for the rest of the year, I don't want to leave him out there on the waiver wire for somebody else to potentially snatch him up. Did yeah. you guys like what you saw from Tyler Boyd and or Brandon LaFell? Uh, yeah, I expect. mean, it was in a tough spot against the Ravens' defense. They split uh, targets pretty much down the middle. Uh, you have the slight lead, James, right now. Yeah, buddy. Keep your wager. By like, like two and a half points. Yep, yes. yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Hey, a lead's a lead. Um, but, yeah, it is it is what it is. All like, right. I, There's no clear front runner here out of the two of them. It's not like one of them made more spectacular plays or had more better targets, whatever you want to call it. So we're just kind of in wait-and-see approach. But uh, Rex Burkhead, guys. Oh, Jeremy Hill got dinged up in that game, and we saw a little bit of Rex Burkhead as well. Rex but Burkhead. didn't he come yeah. back, he though? No, no, he, he, he did. Back. No, no, he, he did. Jeremy Hill had 61 receiving yards, so. Yeah, I feel like, that's, like, such, I feel like that's an anomaly, though. I just feel like that's kind of an outlier. Yeah, but with Gio out, that's he what I'm might saying. be, they, he I think might they be playing. have to throw him the ball. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, like they, I said. I just Burkhead could get some more work. He only played, like, two or three less fewer offensive snaps than Hill. I'm not and buying in. Part of the, yeah, no. get out of here with Burkhead. I'm just saying. Get out of here with Jeremy Hill. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> no, dude. I'm definitely not on Burkhead, but I'm also I'm, I'm, I'm off Jeremy. I think, Baltimore's I think, a, Hill, I think Hill's going to be a fine play down. Baltimore's also tough against running right. backs, so you can't really – got to take it with a grain of salt. The Jets at 3-8. and eight, I've got some concerns about Brandon Marshall. MG, what say you? Uh, I have concerns too, but the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is back Gives me at least a little bit of reason to be reassured because, you know, that Fitz is going to throw the ball in his direction plenty of times. Um, and by the way, I guess word just came out recently uh, as we started this podcast that uh, Todd Bowl says it will be Fitzpatrick again as the yep. starter this week. Good. So, I mean, that that is reassuring, Against but I, I am long past the parts of believing that Brandon Marshall is going to be the wide receiver one that you spent probably a second or third round pick on. I mean, I think I think that ship has sailed for the season, but he can at least be hopefully a wide. Receiver I don't know two. if you guys, if, I don't know if you guys watched large portions of that game, but the body language sucks from Marshall for well, just for New York. Oh, hmm. the entire Jets offense, the body language is terrible. I, I don't know, man. I, like, like I said, I, I mean, Todd. It's almost they're they're at the point now where at three and eight, where Todd Bull says, "Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback," and literally no one cares. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I kind of disagree because I think it would be even worse if they were putting like Bryce Petty out there. Because, That's true. Because or, if or they're hack or well, I, they're not oh. they're they're not going to put Hackenberg out there. I feel like which is. A little incredible that they spent a second round pick on him, and then they're just not even going to possibly consider in a lost season putting him out there in like week sixteen or seventeen. But that certainly seems like what the tea leaves say. But because if they put Bryce Petty out there, Bryce like Bryce Petty can't play. Also, he's a was a day three pick. He's not like a Christian Hackenberg that sure. was a, a a day two guy. So there's a big difference in this in the signal that you're sending your team. Like, yeah, we're cooked. We're finished. Like, I don't think they play the Patriots that close. And you talk about body language, and yeah. I don't think there's that much motivation on the whole team if they have Petty out there instead of uh, it's true Fitz. All right, let's go to the NFC. Arizona Cardinals four and seven. Uh, I don't think they're mathematically eliminated, but boy, they're they're on life support. There's no question about it. I'll ask you guys about Carson Palmer, Larry Fitz, and uh, and actually DJ as well. Uh, any concerns? They're considering again. I, I'm not sure what the motivation is uh, for these guys. I, I consider here's the thing: they're four and seven, right? But they were so close to the Super Bowl, and they had Super Bowl aspirations coming in. This is certainly uh, a, a very disappointing season for Arizona. I don't know. Like I said, body language, motivation, 
I wonder what it's going to be for a very veteran team like Arizona. Nothing about Bruce Arians suggests that he's going to be the kind of guy to shut people down. It's true. Um, now, whether or not guys have their own personal motivation, I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald has never seemed to be that guy in his career that he would just quit on a team. Hell no. And he uh, balled out through worse teams than right, that. Right, man. Exactly. He's been, he's been through worse than this. It's true. Uh, you know, David Johnson, the way he's running, I mean, this is a dude at least – you know, from a personal standpoint, has a shot at a rushing title, you know, at least a scrimmage yards title, something like that. I mean, yeah. and I could see Bruce Arians wanting to get him that. Please get him that. You know, I, I just I don't sure. see any of the key parts of this team just shutting down. I mean, John Brown at this point, be, between injuries and underperformance, has been hard to count on. Michael right. Floyd has been a huge bust this year. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Mark. Yeah. I'd be more concerned in this offense if we had more invested in this offense. But considering we're only trusting David Johnson point. and. Maybe Larry maybe Fitzgerald fits. on a weekly basis. Good I, point. I have no concerns. All right. Maybe we'll be talking about Green Bay. Ah! Okay. Oh. <laughs> All right. The Niners are one and nope. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've got uh, Carlos Hyde, who uh, played well in the last game. Colin Kaepernick was your quarterback one, folks. Dude, Kaepernick's been on fire. Uh, any concerns here? I don't know. It's so weird. They're, they're going nowhere, but. I don't know. I just I don't have that many concerns regarding the 49ers. So, I, am I crazy in thinking well, that? Well, it's just like Gelhard just asked, like, what are you invested in outside of those two players? No, no pass catcher has seen more than seventy, or at the highest pass catcher has seventeen percent of the team targets since Colin Kaepernick's taken over. That is uh, Quentin Patton. I think sure. Curly's right there with him. So not like you're really invested in any of the receivers, but you might be heavily invested in Carlos Hyde. That's true, but I think that he's fine. I think those two guys, like, I think Chip Kelly probably – I don't think he should be fired at the end of the year. I mean, I think – No, I'm should, with you. I don't, I don't think so either. I think that they should continue to kind of continue to build this system and whether Kaepernick is probably – because he's played well from a fantasy standpoint, but yeah. it's not like he's been a, a good quarterback necessarily. So I think they need to continue to see what they have there with him, what they have with this offense set up there. So I think they keep playing the rest of the year, and uh, I think those two guys are still in fine position. The Panthers at four and seven. You talk about disappointment. Go from the Super Bowl to out of the playoffs, and they look bad. Uh, I got some. I mean, here's the thing. I really have concerns regarding Cam Newton. Uh, Jonathan Stewart's in the mix as well. Kevin Benjamin obviously tied heavily to Cam Newton as well. Uh, but you start start talking about body language. Uh, Cam Newton's never been a great body language guy. Uh, he's never been a guy that's uh, when they're losing. Has shown great body language. I don't, I don't know. I got some serious motivational questions uh, regarding Cam Newton. Does anyone share those concerns, or are you just basically saying, "Eh, it's cool. I think they'll just play it out." I would. I would tend to think that they just play it out. I mean, I don't really. I don't feel very qualified to like talk about a, like a guy's like motivation personally or whatever. But that's that's just me. Like. They have a and they have a fine schedule, you know, going down the stretch. Like they have the after they play in Seattle this week, which sucks. Yep. Uh, then they have San Diego, Washington, and Atlanta. And it's pretty good, Tampa pretty good, Bay pretty good to finish the year. So, I think they they stay the course. But I, I mean, I'd just be more concerned that this offense sucks. Like their pass protection is terrible. The offensive line is just decimated. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like they're they have they have a lost season on their hands right now, and you know we'll see what direction the franchise takes. Uh, at the end of this year, I don't think they make big wide changes or anything because they still have a lot of talent there. But yeah. you, I think you're lowering expectations across the board for all these players. The, the thing is, they're they're not out of it though, so it's not like they're going to fold up right now. I mean, they're four and seven. Atlanta's leading that division at what seven and four? I think so. So yeah. like. I mean, they're not out of it. Crazier things have happened in they, the NFC South. And they won this division like two, three years ago. It's 7-8-1. and one. Like, this <laughs> seven, This is a team that we, I forgot about that. That's we great. saw. We also saw flashes in the second half of that team from last yeah. year. Things got clicking for them. They got their swagger. Guys were go. fired up on the sideline. Like, th- we know that team is in there. Like, it's, it's there. It's just there's a lot of struggles right now, like Harmon said, with the offensive line and stuff. So... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, you know, I'm not starting Cam this week, but down the stretch, he's he's fine. He had over 20 points today too. All right, let's go to the waiver wire, and our waiver wire guru, Alex Gelhar, expert guru, waiver wire expert. Uh, Well, it ain't pretty these days out there. It's not. Uh, Wendell Smallwood didn't get picked up as much as I would have expected last week, Uh, so he's gonna be a great spot start if he's available. If you need him tonight, you probably won't even listen to this before that happens. But pick him up in the future. Uh, Harmon's favorite player, Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, buddy. Splitting work evenly with Terrence West. I yeah, mean, buddy. It's not, it's not a great spot, but literally, like, if you're looking for anything at running back, he at least provides something. Uh, <laughs> and then handcuff your top guys. Something. 
Jalen Richard, speaking of handcuffs, seems to have jumped DeAndre Washington, Washington, who was a healthy scratch yesterday. So he's a little more interesting. And uh, my boy Rex Burkhead, like I said. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you know, he was deep sleeper last week, came up with like 48 total yards. So. All right, tell me why Malcolm Mitchell. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell, over the last two weeks, has seen a huge jump in playing time with other people injured. Like when it was Hogan and Gronk two weeks ago, he got a big spike. And then all of his targets, I'm pretty positive, came after Gronk went out this past week. So he's a role player. Tom Brady trusts him. He's he's good, as Harmon can attest. And uh, and I think, you know, you gotta, you kind of want to ride this wave, especially with uh, Bennett aggravating his ankle injury and Gronk being a huge question mark. Yeah, I think one of the things that makes Mitchell – valuable for the Patriots. They have all these small wide receivers and he's just a big body in the in the red zone. If they don't have their tight ends hundred percent, he'll stick out I think for Hogan, Brady. Hogan's bigger though. We always forget that Hogan's Brady. bigger than Mitchell? Yeah. Oh. Yeah oh boy. I think so, but Hogan's pretty much just been a deep, deep threat, threat all year. Exactly. Yeah. But that so my if I could I know I love Malcolm Mitchell, but if I could throw a little cold water on him like having much value the rest of the season, it would be that in both games it was so directly tied to the injury yeah. that he had value like in the in week eleven, he became the ISO X receiver when Chris Hogan went down. Okay, and he had ninety eight yards receiving. Then last week, his two touchdowns came in the red zone, which I would be hard pressed to imagine would come if Gronkowski was healthy. So huh. if everybody's playing, it's hard for me to think that Malcolm yeah. Mitchell has much of a fantasy viable role. What about this week? No, no, that's what, that's why I'm saying you grab him yeah. now with all the injuries around there because he could he could be viable again when guys are out. Yeah, because like I said, I love I love Mitchell. I think he's great. Like I think he's gonna be a really, really good player for them in the long and it's term. Both of these guys Did you I- chart him? Yes. And what did you see? He was a, a a huge favorite. I thought he was like a clear. I think you. I I think I had him as like the sixth best receiver in the class. Holy hell! Okay, Harmon loved him. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm not going to play both man. of these guys if if Gronk comes back because then Gronk and Edelman and Dion Lewis slash James White are going to eat right. up too many targets. That's a lot of options in that offense. Yeah. but these are True. guys. These are guys to own because if those guys go out, like boom, you've got a you've got a good starter and you don't have to chase him later. I like uh, it. And as we already talked about, Marcus Wilson and Cameron Meredith both saw a ton of volume. This. Bears offense, eh, question mark. So, Adam, right now, this is kind of the state of the waiver wire. Uh, Jared Cook hasn't played yet. Probably not going to have a great game, but we saw what he did previously. Uh, Why not? The Eagles are great at covering tight ends, and he's Jared Cook. Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right, where can you find these? uh, Where can you find the articles? Real quick, just want to throw two more out there. One, Colin Kaepernick. Been talking about him in the waiver wire for weeks now, but dude needs to be owned. He's an every week starter at this point. Yep. He's averaging more rushing yards per game than Todd Gurley. We saw uh, from Adam Levitan on Twitter, <laughs> uh, and wow. he's he's had like twenty plus points, I think, in like four of his last six starts, and he's had a floor of around fifteen points. So it's pretty good. Even if he has a bad week, like fantasy wise, it's still pretty good. And then Vance McDonald has seen uh, eight, six, six, and six targets the last four weeks. Okay, and three of those weeks he's had a fifty plus receiving yards and or a touchdown. So. With tight end being a disaster, if you can get a guy that's going to at least give you four to six points. and you I hope, thought I was asking you guys about Vance McDonald hope, this time last week, and you guys said no. You hope he gets into the end zone. but I still say no. I don't want to oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but when we see Deion Sims and you know other jabronis being top ten scorers at tight end. Tight end is hellacious. It's oh awful. So that's just, just throwing it out there. What the hell happened to that position group this year? I don't know, but it, it died. I'm yeah. This was supposed to be the year. It was like I know. deeper than ever with with new faces like Kobe Fleener in new spots and uh, Ladarius Green. Dwayne Allen think? has been freed from Kobe. Shh, all uh, all Dwayne Allen is doing is getting the way of Jack Doyle now. Seriously, <laughs> God, it makes me so angry with play Jack Doyle. Uh, all right, let's talk about your. Oh, uh, tell the folks where they can find that. Yeah, NFL.com slash waivers, NFL.com slash deep dive for all those. Oh, and Tyree Kill and Taylor Gabriel, I write about them in deep dive a little bit. Very interesting because of their their speed and stuff, but both are still bit players. They're not. They're not. They're like the third most snap share among wide receivers. And snap. Both their snaps are on the upswing. Though. They have been. They have been on the upswing. All right. Let's talk about your top scorers from Sunday. Colin Kaepernick, two ninety six through the air, three touchdowns, a hundred and thirteen yards rushing. He had over thirty fantasy points. He was your top scoring fantasy quarterback in standard leagues. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees. 310 through the air, four touchdowns. He had 32 standard scoring points. Trevor Simeon, 368 and three touchdowns, 29 points. This was the most ridiculous score for me because he had, like, nothing in the first half. 
like I, I I don't know I don't exactly know what the exact numbers are, but I feel like three hundred of those yards came in the second half. Well, there was one. It was I one of those situations where crazy. On, on the one drive he had ninety nine passing yards because of a penalty. It was like the same stuff with Jeff Janis in the playoffs. They talked about it on the broadcast. I think how because he threw like a fifty yard pass to uh, Sanders. Then I think he or somebody on the sideline got like a fifteen yard penalty that backed up, and then he threw a touchdown to Sanders from that spot. <laughs> so in one in one drive crazy. he got ninety nine yards. It was great. amazing. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 285 through the air, three touchdowns, 26 standard scoring fantasy points. Mark Ingram, your top scoring running back for the week, hundred or at least on Sunday. I didn't check uh, the other day. James, uh, what's, what's he on pace for now? Uh, actually, I think Franciscovich will help me. What is 1,048 that? 1,048 rushing yards. Oh, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> Hey. He needed 150 rushing yards to get pushed so over. So what? The- okay. All right, okay. Uh, 146 <laughs> rushing yards. He added a, a few through the air as well. He had two combined uh, touchdowns there. He was your top scoring running back from yeah. Sunday, at least. Uh, Shady McCoy, 134 total, two touchdowns. Also, that cheap two, two point conversion, which was great. Love to see those. Uh, David Johnson, 58 rushing. 103 receiving. Yeah. That's a weird number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one touchdown there for DJ. Jonathan Stewart, 96 rush yards and two touchdowns. And to the poor schmuck I told not to play Jonathan Stewart, I apologize. Highest rushing total this season for Jay Stu there. Is that right? 96 yeah. yards? Oh, boy. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 76 total yards, two touchdowns. Saved by those touchdowns for sure. Yeah. It's so weird. A lot of that game he looked completely ineffectual. And then... And he breaks out some very nice runs and gets those two touchdowns as well. Uh, Michael Thomas for New Orleans, 108, two touchdowns. We'll get to more in that New Orleans passing game in just a second. Mike Evans, 104 and two touchdowns against Seattle. He did almost all of his damage in, like, the first five minutes of the game. Yeah. It's crazy. Peter Gabriel, looking right into your <laughs> uh, <laughs> Big time. 75 <laughs> I didn't even notice until you had written that on the run. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it now as well. 75 uh, receiving yards, 27 rushing yards, two touchdowns for Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders, 162 through the air. Manny. What the hell? I He's mean, been Sand- getting. Sanders becomes just the latest receiver to just rip apart the Chiefs at the left wide receiver spot. Uh, Is that right? I tweeted out the list last night during the game. I think I put it, put it in an article like. Every week, uh, or every week in the last few weeks, uh, Sanders got 78% of his receiving yards when lined up at left wide receiver. Okay. That's been a trend throughout the entire year. Even Benny Fowler burned it's a trend. Philip Dane. Yeah, no, that's like a legit, that's actually a legitimate trend. A hashtag trend. I mean, I think Antonio Brown was one. Allen Robinson got off the schneid against them. Who does Moncrief. KC got in, in week 13? Falcons. Julio Jones. And? Uh, Julio is, Jones. Is Sanu going to. Well, he Jones takes fifty one percent of his snaps from the left wide receiver spot, so I would think that he's going to get matched up with uh, with Philip Gaines a lot. Um, and then I can't remember who they play in week whatever 14. week fourteen, but then in week six or week fifteen, they get uh, they get the Titans. So Tajay Sharp, hello. Week fourteen is Oakland. That's Amari Cooper, who already who is another receiver that fits into this. Huh. Into, into this trend already. I like it. So that's something just to pay attention to. Friends and trends. Friends and trends, baby. Odell Beckham Jr., 96, receiving yards, two touchdowns for him from the tight end position. Tyler <laughs> Eifert, your top scoring tight end from Sunday, 68 yards and a touchdown. What is that? That's uh, less oh. than 14 points. And he's your top scoring tight end. Woo. Oh, boy. Uh, Deion Sims, 53. Cool. Cool. Nobody probably saw it. Good job, guys. Seriously, 53 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Lance Kendrick. Hey, wait a second. Whoa. All right, Marcus, you got me, buddy. Wait a second. I'm not even going to gloat about it because it's Lance Kendrick. I know. 51 and a touchdown. (laughs) I was so mad when he scored that touchdown. (laughs) After, after, you know, you clapped at franchise. You started a bad player on a bad offense or whatever. (laughs) I figured you would clap back at him this time and be like, I started a bad player on a bad offense and got fantasy points. (laughs) He sent me that on Snapchat, actually. Uh, Of course he sent it on Snapchat. (laughs) Of course he did. Millennial over there. Uh, Hey, man, uh, you know what? Let me ask you about this, though. Uh, Does he have a little bit of rapport with Jared Goff from what you saw? I think he does. I, Young I mean, quarterbacks and tight ends. And I think that's, I think that's like kind of what it yeah. is, is that, you know, because he doesn't want – because Goff right now is not – I don't know how comfortable he is pushing the ball down the field. Not that he won't do it because we saw it on the touchdown pass to Tavon Austin. But when Beautiful things throw. start to break down around him, then you know you've got that outlet there and it's your yeah. tight end. So I think, at least for now, I think as Goff gets more comfortable, we'll see him 
throw to Kendrick less, but while he's still figuring things out, that's going to be an option for him. He has 14 targets over the last two weeks, which only trails Kenny Britt. There yeah, the the week I started him, he had some crazy amount of targets going to that game too, and then had zero points. So oh. yeah, tight ends are fun. Uh, Delaney Walker, 50 yards and a touchdown there. All right, let's talk about disappointments, shall we? Russell Wilson, 151 passing yards, two interceptions. Uh, saved his day a little bit with 80 rush yards. Uh, but overall, he had less fantasy points than uh, Tolzien. Boom. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Looks like we nailed it, Gohar. Yeah. Start Scott Tolzien. Eight, Scott Tolzien eight points. Wilson. Cool. That is exactly what we said. <laughs> Win your week with Scott Tolzien. Oh. Woo! Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Julio Jones. Well, uh, uh, let me let me ask you guys about this. Uh, any concerns here from that loss? That was a weird game. I, I mean, on paper, you would think, okay, uh, they're going to do well. Uh, they oh, had no Earl Thomas. Actually, we thought it might be a little bit sorry, more high scoring. Sorry, have to interrupt. We have to be accurate here. Per NFL.com standard scoring, Russ did beat Tolsey. Oh, who, oh, he who did? Use, who uses that? Ten point oh four to eight point eight. Aha! Got it. <laughs> well, guess I win. Guess, I win. Man, it was looking so good on Friday when he was a top five fantasy. Oh player. yeah, after six teams had played. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. But Top five out of six. Anyways, moving past that. Uh, but as as for Russell Wilson, I think he just played poorly in this game. Like, I was looking at the... Didn't he get sacked like a million times? In he the- got sacked a ton. It was weird. Uh, you know, it was against a defense that was was beatable coming in, and I was actually looking at the next-gen stats. Beatable? It's one of the worst right. defenses in the league. Uh, I was weird. looking at the next-gen stats from this. Uh, Doug Baldwin ranked second most in separation on his targets with uh, 4.3 yards of separation at his targets. Tyler Lockett was actually fourth uh, on the week for uh, with the three point nine. So his receivers were getting open. He was just missing throws. Weird, interesting. All right, Lockett, Lock- Lockett actually played more snaps than Jermaine Curse for the first time all year. Okay, here well, we go. But how many how many catches did he have? Let's though? go zero. Let's go Tilo. Uh, you know what? I, I'd love for. I, I think we should look into this. What what is the Russell Wilson home and away split this year? I feel like no clue. I feel like that's emerging. But as a trend, keep talking, and I could tell you. All right, well, we'll we'll look into it. Julio Jones had 35 receiving yards in Week 12. It's the fourth time in 11 games, folks, that he's had 35 receiving yards or less. Or is it the seventh time in 11 games that it's, he's had 35 receiving yards or more? <laughs> <laughs> See how I switched Inside. that around? Inception. See what I did there? Yo, numbers never lie, James. Nope. Mind blown. I like Was it. Patrick Peterson just shadowing him the well, whole game? Well, it didn't or? really matter because Patrick Peterson was hurt. And, he, he, oh. and actually, Julio's actually had decent numbers against Pat Pete. He was on the he was on him for, I think, 19 pass plays and had five catches for 31 yards. on uh, Or three catches for 31 yards on five targets against Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Seven targets overall, four receptions for Julio Jones. But I, it just – it's so weird. Uh, I mean – we're talking about one of the best receivers in the game, 35 receiving yards four yeah. times in 11 games. Yeah, I mean, the, we've had this conversation like five times we because have. Atlanta has yeah. other weapons. The, the know, Falcons scored five touchdowns. Freeman and Coleman uh, split three, and Gabriel had Look, the other Nobody's two. expecting Taylor Gabriel. Right. Those were like gadget, fluky type players. But Gabriel has five touchdowns on. in the last four weeks. Yeah, he's on an Anton Smith like run. Yeah, he is. Right. And, and, and I were tweeting about that. I mean, Gnu. Right. Ha- I mean, Gnu. 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 What the hell is wrong? Hey, didn't Gnu. we? Gnu. Didn't Sanu you say eight had eight catches? Didn't That's you it. say on the podcast Friday that Gabriel might be a sneaky good play? That him and Sanu could. I be. believe you did. Nice work. Nice <laughs> Good job. Whatever. Though. I'll wait for my raise on that. All oh. right. Yeah. Hey. Oh, ah. Amari Cooper. 22 yards on seven targets and four receptions. What happened there? Michael Crabtree. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think the thing you – know, it's funny about the – there are parallels between Amari Cooper and Julio Jones. I mean, one, they went to Alabama. So Alabama, oh, hey, Alabama wide go. receivers, am I right? Yeah. Um, okay. But both of those guys have very high ceilings, but there's also a very real chance on any given week that they could, they could put up a really big dud for you. And, and I think – they will be interesting to watch next year in terms of where they get drafted as to whether or not people pay attention to their overall season totals or are looking at them as week-to-week propositions. Because yeah. I think those are two very different stories. All right. Uh, True that. Uh, Allen Robinson, 24 yards, four targets, two receptions. We talked about him. Sad. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Cooks. Who? Can we? He played on 49 offensive snaps. Are you sure? Is there proof? This is a week where Drew Brees threw for a million yards and a million touchdowns. 49 points they put up. Brandon Cooks 
Zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Ugh. What? What happened in Apparently, this Apparently, Sean Payton said it was just the coverages that dictated Brandon Cooks never got the ball. Well, I mean, this is... Zero like, targets. The Rams though. just shut him down. Yeah. Didn't I, they? I mean, they scored 40-some-odd points. Well, they shut Cooks shut down. one player they, down. They it's too bad that there were so many others. I mean, Brand, yeah. Brand, Brandon Coleman had one catch for three yards, and it was a touchdown. Right. Like, get, a, get that out of here. Uh, yeah, I mean... This is just the Saints have a lot of pass catchers, and like I think I said this about Mike Evans the other week that you know things happen. Yeah, this this was a thing that happened. Yeah, it, it did happen. It it happened in like I mean Cooks is not like a clear cut number one receiver. No. My, Michael Thomas is that guy. Michael Thomas was the guy that yep. balled out. So, you had a good so, game. I mean, it was definitely. I mean, it was shocking. Like the the straight up zero was shocking. But yeah, we know that, and especially because it was at home. But we know that Brandon Cooks has big uh, big ups and real yeah. low downs. So, yeah, so take the L, crying Jordan yourself, and move on. Thomas Rawls, 38 yards rushing for him. Uh, I, I didn't actually watch the Seattle game, but uh, what is what, what were the takeaways here from Thomas Rawls? Did you, did you guys like what you saw? Didn't he, like what you saw? I mean, I mean obviously the offense was completely a mess. But He was running as violently as he ever runs, but they were just down early, and he only had, I think, 12 or 13 carries in the game. Yeah, so. 12 carries. Oh, so that, you know, I think they missed their pass catching back, C.J. Procise. You mean the number one PPR running back? That's right, until he got hurt. Okay. He was. He was that. He was hashtag on pace for that. He was on pace. But, I mean, they were, you know, they needed – Rawls isn't a pass-catching back. They could have used a guy like that. They got this guy, George Farmer, who was like a (laughs) cornerback on a practice squad. Hey, George Farmer, uh, former USC speedster George Farmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So he's like number three behind Alex Collins. But I don't know really, how much of an impact he's going to have. The only thing we really knew about him in college was that he was fast. Okay. That was about all he – Didn't he flip between receiver and like other positions? Yes. I think it was just a game flow thing for Rawls. Yeah, I agree with you. Do you guys have any concerns long term? I mean – Well, next no. week they play the Panthers, who have been tough against running backs, so a little bit worried there. All right, we'll see. Rob Gronkowski, he had a zero. Gates, he had a zero. Weird. Gary Barnage. Practically zero. Barnage is just not a thing. Yeah, stop, let's yeah. stop trying to make him <laughs> think, happen. All right. He's toast. He, yeah, even in good, like, that's a good spot against the Giants defense and versus tight ends. And, like, McCown's been back for a few games this year, and it just hasn't panned out. It's all, he's, he's the past, and Terrell Pryor and uh, Corey Coleman are the future. The future. The future, bro. Yeah, bro. All right, let's close out the show with a round of Daily Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps, because I'll be scribbling. All right, Daily Dap time. We're going to start with the Magical Beard Fantasy, Matthew Franciscovich. What's up, pal? All right, I'm struggling for a Daily Dap, so I'm just going to Daily Dap's the new Weekend album that came out Friday. Boom. Yeah, top top, top top 40 40 tries. I'm sure it is. (laughs) Is it in the top 40? There are some really, really good tracks on there. Uh, my oh, one of my favorites yeah. is called Secrets, where he samples and uses lyrics from two new wave eighty songs. Uh, I forget. I think it's the Romantics and uh, Tears for Fears. Ooh, I like Tears for Fears. But it's a really cool song. The beat's really cool. Kendrick Lamar tears it up on a track. Ooh, it's a really long album too. Is it? Yeah, which doesn't you don't see much no, these days. Don't. Usually albums are like forty five minutes. But oh, this one's got to be well over an hour. So if you're into the weekend. Dude, if someone t- there's there's a track on there where if if someone was like, "Hey, this is Michael Jackson's new song," I would believe them because huh. his voice is so reminiscent of Michael Jackson. I'm mm. gonna have to go check it out. All right, it's very good. good. Uh, Alex Gelhart, what you got? Uh, first off, I saw Allied on Saturday. Uh, birthday, just like to go see a movie sometimes, get some beers. Did both of that. A little Brad Pitt uh, action. I I enjoyed Allied. I saw. I was surprised the critics. It was only like sixty something percent. Oh really? Some people were like meh, but I I dug it. I dug the performances. I dug the story. I thought it was really well paced. Good like you know twists and turns. Uh, Hard to have a bad movie with Brad Pitt and uh, Marion Cotillard, yeah, Cotillard. Robert Zemeckis yep. directing it. Yeah, so I, I very tough. much enjoyed it. And then uh, just daily daps to all the people that have given me birthday wishes on Twitter, in person, and you know, text and all Happy that Happy birthday, stuff. So pal. Thank you. Thanks, thanks everybody, for that. So it made, made turning 28 feel pretty good. Uh, this is my question. What did you guys do? Drank. Well, just drank. No. It's just very simple. I went to see Ally, <laughs> then we went to, we went to the Gulp, and then we, oh. we drank some beers. Fabulous. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, my daily dap goes out to college football because it, it was a really good weekend of college football. I mean, obviously, it, it kicked off on Saturday with Michigan and Ohio State. And Holy hell. As somebody who did not have a rooting interest one way or another, right? Uh, yeah, it was cool sitting and watch. I couldn't imagine actually 
Those unis are ugly for Ohio State. The, the helmets I was not really feeling. I don't know. Just the dark helmets were kind of weird to me or whatever. Uh, but I think the most underreported and uh, amusing story in college football over the weekend was okay. the the defensive struggle played by Pitt and Syracuse. I don't know if you saw this. I did not. Uh, it, was, it was a hard-fought, hard-fought win for the Pitt Panthers by a tidy little score of 76-61. to 61. What? Oh man! Someone sent me a screenshot of the game recap, and I thought I saw Pitt and Syracuse. Wait, that's not a basketball score. That's what I thought. I, was like, I saw I saw Pitt Syracuse. I saw the score. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that Syracuse was playing Pitt. Oh, it's a football game. It's a football. So game. when you said defense, you meant offense. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I see. Yeah. He was he was doing a thing. I get oh, it. I, I get it. I was doing it. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Didn't Navy drop 75 on some poor schmuck? They did, yeah. Some poor schmuck. Uh, One guy. Just one dude. Must have been if they're scoring 75. (laughs) Must have been. That doesn't seem cool. Not cool. All right, Matt Harmon, what you got? I actually have two today, which is weird. What? Normally barely, so prepared. Barely remember that, that I that we do this thing. I know. Uh, so speaking of memory for my first one, okay. I want to give a daily daps out to the tour guide that toured my sister around at Warner Brothers Studio, which we did that that studio tour this weekend. Oh, it that's right. You around just her? You just I said bailed us. out. What? You said her. You said her. You guys probably said us. Uh, uh, you said phrasing. Her. Yeah, but you guys. Uh, are, you guys are I saw weird. the uh, I saw the picture. From uh, the Friends set? The Friends, which is great because, you know, she's a huge Friends Oh, fan. is she? So basically, that was like, she's like, well, spend all this money basically just for this moment at the right. very end of it. Perfect. But, but you know, it, it was funny because I, I hate Friends. I don't like Friends at all. So, like, she posted it on Facebook and was like, so, you know, it's, oh, my God, it's going to be a moment, whatever. And I, I just commented back. I was like, yeah, mediocre show, but the set was nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because, like, at the studio, of course, I don't watch a lot of movies. So the whole time the, the tour guide is like, you guys remember seeing this movie in 1988 and 19- this movie? And I was like, no, I don't remember seeing these movies. <laughs> but like- it was really cool to be there to see. To, I mean, it is, you know, even a person like me that doesn't not as, not as much into movies as maybe the rest of you guys. Like, yeah. it's still sick to see all that. And what was so impressive about this guy's name was Mark was he just remembered all that stuff. Like, I can't even remember. Remember we we do this segment every every two times a week. <laughs> uh, this guy was remembering things from music, and I realized it's a script and all that. But it yeah. was just, he was incredibly enthusiastic, and I just like to see people that clearly love uh, love their job. I told Galhar I think that's his future line of work once once we all flame out. Reti- oh. <laughs> no, I retire and work part time as a tour guide. Because <laughs> he was there, he was like on the, on the WB line. Yeah, man, yeah. chill oh, yeah. talk to people, tell them all the stories. He was super positive, and like, that that you know that's a Galhar trait too. That's but anyways, true. So that was my first That's one. True. And my second one I want to go yeah. out to uh, the listener that, that tweeted at us at one point this weekend. Uh, I love the podcast, guys, but, you know, you don't have to yell into the mics. You can just talk into them. Oh, uh, yeah, And yeah, I yeah. want to give – I just I don't remember. I think their, it was a female fan. It was. I don't remember their handle, but I want to give a daily daps out of them because it's important for, for – uh, for, for uh, for for the listeners of the show to give us feedback like that, even if it's not right. good. And actually, funny Tell enough, us. I think before that last episode, I was like, "Ooh, I think the mics were a touch hot on that one." So then I saw that and I was like, <sighs> "But what are you gonna do?" <laughs> well, you can turn keep, your volume down. I try to keep it down. Hand. Yeah, that's my always thing. People are like it's loud. I'm like, "That's there's this button on the yeah. side of your iPhone that you can click <laughs> down like four times." And, Whoa! <laughs> but no, I, we do appreciate feedback, like segments, other stuff like that. You know, whatever. It was speaking of as tangent off of that, but I yeah. listened to the Men and Blazers podcast. And they cover uh, the Premier League a lot and the men's national team and some MLS and stuff. And one of them was in England where they're both from. And he was like, he's like, man, love the podcast. He's like, just stop talking about the men's and women's national team. He's like, nobody over here cares. And he's like, well, we appreciate the feedback, but we got to talk about that. Like, we care about it. And it's yeah. it's part of the show. It's an American podcast, too. But So it's always good to have feedback from people and know what you guys are liking and not liking feedback. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Oh, we probably should give a daily daps to Max, the listener that we met this yes, weekend. I for, realized that as soon as I was done with my Wait, gave, what? Who, yeah, we uh, we met Max Quinn. He plays in the Beard League with Franchise and I. He's from Australia. He was our one, inter, or I think our only international. He's from league. Australia? But yeah, so he's visiting the L.A. area, and he hit me up a couple months ago, like said he'd be in town. I was like, okay. well, sure, we'll, we'll take you out for some beers. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. So oh, that's scary it was, as it was hell. Great. The, it was funny. Why I is loved- it scary? To- Anyone in the Danger Zone League listening to this, I'm not taking, I'm not going out with beer to you guys at all. That's what you mean. You mean him in a public place, James? Yeah. Mm. Like I wasn't like, hey, come meet me in this back alley, you know, where there's no witnesses or whatever. <laughs> We're not like, come, come to the apartment, Max. I'll welcome you in our home, dude. We've never met from a foreign country. Max was really a really sweet guy though, and right. uh, it He's was actually- funny. He's in first place in Division Two in Whoa. the beard league. Just, just oh, want to get that in there. Uh, Wait, where are you guys? Oh, I'm like probably last. I, where are you? I think I'm one. I started weak, but I, I've I've got back up to six and five. 
Um, it's been wow. a tough year. But I did okay. feel bad for him because he was telling us a story of how he became an NFL fan. He bought Madden like 2002 when Marshall Falk was on the cover. Sick. Right? And it was when the Rams had just lost the Super Bowl. So he was like, oh, I can root for this team. Like, yeah. they're not champions. I won't be a front runner. Yeah. And then since then, the Rams have gone. Oh. Horrible time to start becoming but, a Rams fan. And he saw his first NFL game, Jared Goff's yeah. first start in the rain in Los Angeles. So, it was still pretty cool. He got to come see the first start, and that's why he did the tr- the trip was because uh, the Rams were in Los Angeles. So he said to his girlfriend, like, hey, let's do a U.S. tour and go see that's the Rams. That's great. Sick. And now right. we know James Coe, not a man of the people. Alex no. Gelhar, Matt little... Harmon, men of the people. No. James Coe, not man of the people. No, I am not the people's champ at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Danger zone, league entrance. Sorry, bruh. Like no, don't 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 reach. I'm not I'm not. Do, do, not, do not do not add him. him. Do not add James. No, <laughs> if you're in the else. LA area, don't at me. Dude. Stay away. Uh, I no, not gonna happen. Sorry, pal. Well, we'll just cancel that <laughs> and just meet and greet. Look at, at us, and we'll tell yeah. James we're going out for beers and not tell him that you're gonna be there. I'm kidding, Jesus. <laughs> just, Good lord. We're just riding with. Not every you. podcast oh, has to God. have the villain. That's true. Yes. that's true. Although I, in reality, I probably won't. <laughs> he barely meets up with us. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. True. That's uh, that's actually hashtag true. Hashtag uh, dad life. Yeah, that's uh, that's also a good point. Um, I will daily dap. I, I got uh, I got a little bit, little little taste of the uh, the cocaine cookies that uh, are from. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking? He looked at me and he disclaimer. said cocaine, and I was like, what? disclaimer, not actually cocaine, not cocaine. Are we sure? Are yes. we sure about that? I have watched her bank before. There is no well, My name is Matt Harmon. I do not endorse Jeez. this message. <laughs> well, then I, I also thought for a second you were looking at me. I was like, wait, did Co come up with a new thing on his own that he's appropriating his name into? Like cocaine. Oh, cocaine. Oh. When it hits you just right. Yeah, the cocaine cookies. Stop. Let's go. Anyways, uh, my mom's cookies. Yes, your mom's cookies. Yep. Uh, they had, are delicious. Had a little bit of the, uh, what was that, a little chocolate chip? Just these little, like, Poofy chocolate chip, chip ones she makes. There's a little something. They're little bites. Them. Yeah, dough balls. Because they're not Powdered. like they're not flat like they are. Well, I don't no. know what it is, but it's like that's they're like a little rounder and they're softer. The and nuggets. nuggets. I don't know what they are. Yeah, they, oh, you're, <laughs> you're laughing because you said some powder. Or something. This is rude. I can't do this. <laughs> chocolate chip <and> nuggets. <laughs> yeah, she puts this little white powder. I don't know what it is. They're but I yeah, they're white in enough. color. Yeah, exactly. I have to mute my mic. <laughs> probably probably flour. <laughs> this is this is what I was talking about. Yeah. Are we sure? It's it's like look, we don't know whether Matt Harmon's from West Virginia. Okay, all right. Okay. Now, my, now my mic's unmuted. All right. Wait, look, your sister herself said. All right, look, James, we're not sure. She's a liar. To be Anyways. frank, though, if she puts cocaine in anything, it's the white choco pretz. Oh yeah. Okay, those might actually be. <laughs> oh, those are absurd. Those are good. And we should get it. Well, make, I'm sure she's already planning the next airdrop for the holidays. But the, those, those that that's around the corner, pretzels, man. man. That is around those the corner. Are, those are cut with chocolate. I mean, <laughs> cut with chocolate. I am pure white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Holy hell! I, I, are we going to leave all this in the show? Yeah, dude. Nobody important listens yeah, to this podcast. No. That's true. Uh, I will also daily dab the Easter eggs on these podcasts. So here's the thing. Like, I listen to, like, 15, 20 minutes of every podcast, um, but very rarely do I, you know, hang around for those Easter eggs. And and I, I don't know why, but I caught one of them. I mean, first of all, they're all hilarious. Can you explain what an Easter egg is? I'm not going to. But here's the bottom <laughs> Can line. Can we please explain to the people that I didn't know until a couple weeks ago? But no. But see, that's – you're, you're ruining it. No. Google.com. Yeah. Easter eggs, uh, and and I, I will say this: I actually then I actually then burned like an hour of my life listening to all the Easter eggs. Oh, going eggs. back to old episodes because <laughs> I'm like, what did I miss here? Yeah, they're not always there. I will say, I, I know. I only put it if there's something worthwhile. But man, they are good. Yeah, they are super super funny. And uh, daily daps, I did, I so daily daps really to you twice. One for your mom's coke cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and two for those Easter eggs. Yeah, that takes God a little bit of extra you. work there. There we go. And well, happy birthday you. to Alex Gellar. And so, happy birthday to you. It's also up to you guys for saying dumb stuff and before, <laughs> oh. before the thing. <laughs> no problem. You mean just talking as per usual? Yeah. Yes. As per yes. usual. No problem. So I think what, with the, the inception of that, though, was when we had that uh, mix-up episode where the whole unedited audio came out. Oh. There's Christmas, but a lot of people were like, man, I love hearing you guys talk like you're just like normal dudes. So then I was like, every once in a while after that, I'd be like, oh, this, this is a good example of us being normal dudes. And right. now we've... Uh, <laughs> We've been having more, or like just like a banter, like yeah, just yeah. coming in and being like, let's it's start the, the it, show. I don't understand exactly. what people it's think the we are if they don't think we're we normal are dudes. fantasy robots. Yeah, well, right? Like they shut, they they power us down right here at the end of the day. Look, this it's why TMZ is so popular. 
you I get know, to see so these guys outside of the screen. They're just like us, stars. Yeah, you know, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're just a bunch of idiots. I'll they tell look, my, yeah, I don't know. That's true. They look for bargains at that's DSW too. <laughs> Hell are we <laughs> We've been in here too long. <laughs> I, need that, I need that 10% off at the shoe barn, dude. Uh, yeah, no. For I'm, reals. Yeah, no, that's for reals, actually. All right, so, so there you go. That's the show for the Whiskey from Wisconsin. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, Matt Harmon, and Matt Franciscovich. I'm James Go. We're out. See you later. Oh, by the way, in the content meeting this morning, when uh, Tali went over, he, he was just like, no podcasts today. And then Crawley was like, franchise? And I was like, yeah, we're doing our podcast, but nobody cares about us. And then they all had a laugh about it. <laughs> ha, we're like, yeah, it's true. We, we agree with you. You're correct. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. They were like, yeah, that's true. I mean, no one cares about you guys. So let's just sweep it under the rug and move on. Oh, my God. I was like, wow, okay, thanks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.